good to see Janice Dearman and her husband. It's, I've heard so many good things about all of well, some of you, and the rest you know. But it's good to be here. I love this part of the country. I'm originally from Gadsden, Alabama. How many of you know where Gadsden is? Well, I can't say what I was going to say then. <laughs> Went to Jacksonville State and then left with the service for 21 years and came back to Memphis and have been around. That includes gospel meetings and, and lectureships on Islam also in the 28. So I don't do 28 singing workshops. I'd be gone. I thought an appropriate, yet, yeah, sir? Uh, Jacksonville State. <laughs> That's gotten me out of more trouble. I was ho I've got to do this one, even though we're not in that area. I had a meeting in Virginia, uh, where uh, Eddie Gilpin is. And 20 miles from there is Black something, what, Blackledge? Black, Blacksburg, where this college is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I was watching TV the night before over in that area. And all these helmets, they were playing Penn State. And Penn State was just mopping up the floor with them. And they had VT on the side. Now, what would you think? I said, you know, folks, next morning to the Bible study group, I watched Vermont <laughs> play Penn State. And why would they have a little school like that? You could tell. I mean, they weren't even in the same league. And they just tore the fire out of Vermont. And they were going like that. That's Virginia Tech like that. So we started off right a little later. <laughs> but I thought an appropriate thing to start with, uh, in fact, a lot of the lessons is on authority. How many of you came from outside the Lord's Church, as I did? Oh, that's a good number. Up north, it's even more than that. Uh, at some point, you had to sit down and say, well, you know, either to please your spouse, or actually you sat down and studied at some point, and you said, you know what? My pastor, my bishop, my reverend doesn't say that. And so you had to determine what the authority was, and maybe there was more than one. And that's what I was determined to do before I spent two years. I wouldn't take a million dollars for that at Memphis School of Preaching. I went directly from there to a nice congregation and uh, uh, have seen my buddies over the years and other people. But authority, what is authority? You ha you, we deal with it all the time. Banking and regulatory agencies have authority. Judges have authority. Most of us got some sheet of paper saying, you finished. It's called a diploma or a degree. They had the authority to do that. So what would you say the definition of authority is? Even if you worked in the school cafeteria. I know stuff. Doesn't she look, is it, is it Hicks, Sister Hicks? Huh? No, that's what I just said. She looked at me like, don't you say that. Uh, you remember, ladies, those Brack hair advertisements on the back of magazines? In fact, there's both of them. In fact, there's several here that way. And then there's some of us that don't need it. Authority. What would you say that is? Bert, authority is 
Do they talk? I can't remember when you told me they talk. Now, look at Matthew 28. Matthew 28, and we'll examine that. Matthew 28, and then start with 18. <clears throat> and Jesus came and spake unto them. Who is the them here? The apostles, okay. Which apostle was missing? Starts with a J and ends with an S, has a U-D-A in the middle. What, pers what person got the job after Judas was gone? Matthias? I love this one. Who did not get it? Do you know somebody answered that about two or three weeks ago? Which all goes to show you that second place is nothing. And first place is being a Christian. Barsabas did not get it. But all we know about him, which is a little bit, shows that he helped. These days, we have, I don't see why we can't have 13 apostles or so discord among the brethren. Do you see who they got in there for that man? But he helped. He helped. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And just after that, it says, Some power is given unto me in heaven and in earth, and you can pick up the rest as you go along as long as we all get to heaven the same way. No. Now, it's not personal yet. It says all power, and all of you would agree, yeah, it means all power, Bert. All power. Now, when we get a little more personal in a few minutes, you'll see why I said this. It means all power, especially for those of us who came from outside the Lord's church. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore. And I used to think that that meant to do what Jim used to do. Pack a suitcase and go somewhere. As you go about Chattanooga, as you go about any of these areas around here, as you go about it, it says, as you're going about these places, teach all nations, all people. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe how many things. It means it. That's two walls in this section. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have suggested to you. What? We don't like commands these days. But it says command. My mother didn't even have to say command. We knew. Whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you all the way even unto the end of the age or the world. So that's authority. It's all power. You have the authority to uphold whatever you're doing. Look at Numbers 22, 18, back in the Old Testament. And somebody, if you would, sort of read loudly. Numbers 22, verse 18. Whatever you get there. Go ahead. Way back in the Old Testament, it says, I can't do more, I can't do less. If you go up to one of our liberal friends and say, I want 100 feet of rope, he'll give you 103 feet. If you go up to, a, if you go up to an anti-friend and say, I want 100 feet of rope, he'll give you 97. I just want to be saved. 
but I ask for a hundred feet. No more, no less. Now, look in the New Testament in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. 2 Timothy 3, verse 6, you, you can probably quote this, 2 Timothy 3, 16. <clears throat> okay. Forty-seven, sir. Keep going. That the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. It says some scripture is given by inspiration of God, and you can make up the rest. In the Baptist Church, the Presbyterian Church, the Lutheran Church, the Catholic Church, the Pentecostal Church, uh, do you see a trend? There will probably be a new denomination, a new man-made church by the time I leave here Tuesday night. I mean, well, all Scripture is God-breathed. And I'm not talking about Grandpa Smith or or Aunt Mary, or any of these. We're not talking, there are good people in all of these things. They do good things. Some of my family, some of my extended family, are still in the Episcopal Church. And Christmas is a good time of the year, and Thanksgiving, because we forget the turkey, and just talk about stuff. And they honestly cannot understand it. God wouldn't do that, would he? Well, God gave his only begotten son. Why wouldn't he? He says, I told you to do it this way. Why did you do it that way? It's so simple to understand. Uh, no, it's so simple to read and very difficult to understand. All scripture is given, it's, it's breathed by God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, and correction, for instruction and in righteousness that Jim Dearman may be perfect Says the man of God here, the preacher. You know they're held to a different standard. That the man of God, that's, that means everybody of an accountable age. That the man of God may be perfect, that means blameless. Throughly, my Bible says, thoroughly is just as good. Throughly furnished unto all, what kind of works? I've, oh, I've done some works in my days that weren't good, but throughly furnished unto all good works. Every time I think of whether or not this would work, I try to imagine myself talking to the creator of the universe about this far away. And by the time I get through, I either know whether it was really a bad idea or a good idea. Throughly furnished unto all good works. Look at Second John 9 through 11. We're trying to establish authority here and what authority is and whether or not we can follow it. Second John 9, whosoever, how many people does that take in? All right. Now, I have not had this next part answered incorrectly the last 20 some odd years. What is the definition of sin? Sin is a... There you go. It always works. Sin is a transgression of the law. That's the big sense. Hmm, uh oh. 
Who establishes a priority for what we do as far as sin is concerned? Who says it's a serious sin and who says it's just a little one? Who is exactly us? God says, whosoever transgresseth, whosoever crosses over, whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the New Testament. Try that when you're studying with somebody. It all of a sudden puts it directly in God's hands and you let them read it. What is the doctrine of Christ? It's the New Testament. Now let's read it again. Whosoever transgresseth, whosoever sinneth. And who's been Catholic here? Anybody been Catholic? The Catholics have, and I'm not making fun of them. Again, some of my dearest friends uh, are Catholic, especially up north. The Napolitanos and the Braviacs and all those people. They have the large sins, which are called what? Mortal. I mean, that's murder and rape and incest and all that kind of stuff. We know what that is. What are their little sins called? Where you do one Hail Mary and three backflips and you're okay. Venial. Their little sins, all, that's not a sin are called venial sins. But our Lord says in this book, I can't find venial. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the New Testament, the doctrine of Christ, hath not God. I'm telling you, it works if you're studying with somebody. Look at the last part of that. He that abideth in the New Testament, he that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, there it is, plain as day hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you and bring not this New Testament, this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God's speed. Why? For he that biddeth him God's speed is a partaker of his evil deeds. You don't have to go up to him and say, I bid you God's speed. How can I express that? Exactly. Up, if you uphold it, or you heard what they're doing down at White Oak. They're putting in organs and pianos and guitars and stuff. I'm not going down there. I'm a faithful member, but I'm staying away till they get that thing settled. You just bid them Godspeed. Right or wrong? You just bid them Godspeed. You're going to stay out of it. It's like you're the safe little craft. If you see a barge coming down the, the, the uh, what's the one in Nashville? The uh, Cumberland River. You'll move into some safe little cove and hide. And the hardy vessels will stay out on the main channel. And they'll take all the hits and the bumps and the waves. And when that barge has gone by, then all the little mar- vessels will come back out on the main channel again. When all the trouble is taken care of at church, you come back. You just bid them Godspeed. Any comments or uh, any comments or disagreements or anything like that? <clears throat> In China, in places where you've been, in Africa, in Russia, there are hundreds of thousands of the sweetest people you'll ever meet. 
They would help you. They would give you food. If you're in a place where you had a flat tire, they would help you with fixing the tire. They would help you with money till you got on your feet. They've never even heard the name Jesus, uh, literally. They've never heard the name God. I want you to tell me now that we're getting closer into home. Are they saved or are they lost if they have not been baptized into the body of Christ? Got real quiet in here. They're lost. I don't like it. Is it okay? No, it's not okay. But I find myself with those commandments. That's why they're commandments and not suggestions. If you love me, you will keep my suggestions. That's not in there. That's why it's so difficult sometimes. Because this is just as bad, just as binding on preachers and elders and, and, and Bible study teachers as it is on anybody else. But unless we teach the truth, we're just playing churchianity here, not Christianity. Well, Bert, I don't understand that. Not too far from here, the other side of Knoxville, my grandfather, his word was his bond, and nobody say anything against his honesty. Well, I'm not talking about that. It takes good people. But one of the commandments of our Lord is to be baptized into the body of Christ. I don't understand that. Well, the people back in those days did not understand putting the blood of an animal or the blood of something over the archway of their door. Why did they do it? God said to do it or someone inside would be killed. Well, that doesn't make sense to me. I'm just going to put diamonds up there. No, I, I know what I'll do. I've got a flower shop. I'll put rose petals up there because I'm not messing up that paint job from last week. What did God say to do? Put blood over it. He said to be buried in baptism here or someplace like it. That's just water from the Chattanooga, what you call it, waterworks. Nothing special about it. He said to be baptized there, a river or someplace like it, a bathtub. Why? I don't see the sense in it. He's not asking you that. He's saying to come into my house, to be a part of the body of Christ, that is what it takes. That's the doorway. And rising to walk, not in oldness of life. I've seen some people that would go to baptism, get up and say, now if I can just find a church to join. Where did I miss? Rising to walk in newness of life. And if you walk in this newness of life, you will receive a crown of life. And he's not slack concerning promises as men count slackness. Maybe we can use feelings. We're trying to establish what authority is. I feel really good today. Good trip down here yesterday, a nice trip, beautiful. Had to pass through Pikeville, Kentucky and see some people and then come down here. I felt good then. I feel religious today. Look at James 2, verse 24. I have faith to believe that God will not let any of the good people be lost. Someone, when you get to James 2, 24, would you read that, please? All the words. I told you you had to earn your way to heaven. That's not what that says, is it? 
Well, what is it, Bert? Remember when you were a teenager, when you were little or something, maybe you uh, were asked to do some chores around the house. To, they don't have cotton up here, do they? Do corn or stuff like that or, or, or take the garbage out or wash dishes or something like that. You didn't like it. But you did it. I told my children, you'll do it or you won't live in this house. And they did it. And they're telling their children that now. The fact that you did something you didn't like to do testified to your being an obedient child. I don't like, I have a degree in music, and over in Germany when we were signed over there, I had a 75-voice German choir. Oh, every one of them read music. The pipe organist up there played like a professional. I would like to have, Bert Jones would like to have a 75-voice choir. What does the book say? But do you know one of the things that drew me to the Lord's church? The beautiful voices of my brothers and sisters in Christ uncluttered by artificial means. And guess what a lot of commercial stations are using now for songs, hit songs, acapella. They've discovered something that we knew a long time ago. And not by works only. You cannot earn your way to heaven. But it's by faith. Faith cometh by hearing and not by something else. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That means to study. And once you start, it's an addictive process and you won't be able to leave it alone. If we can't use feelings, I'll tell you what we can use and I guarantee you we'll have the proper authority uh, because they would not hurt us. We can use the authority of our parents. They won't hurt us. They want only the best for us. Look at, if you would, Luke 14. Luke 14, verse 26. If an anthropos, man or woman of accountable age, otherwise it would just be if a man, if you did it literally. But here if a man, if a man or woman of accountable age comes to me and hate not his father, our house was like happy days growing up. Oh, people would come and talk to my mother because they couldn't talk to their own mother and they'd come and talk to mine. It was just beautiful childhood. I loved my mother and father. I sometimes loved my brother, who will be here, I think, one night this week. Once, if they let him out for about an hour. No, not for that. If any man come to me and loves God less, let that digest. If any man come to me and hate not his father, mother, wife, children, brethren, sisters, platinum MasterCard, vacation in the Smokies, Grandchildren. You haven't seen my grandchildren. So I have a choice to make if they're coming in later this evening of visiting with them for an hour or two or coming to worship. Hmm. What would be the greatest example you could give them? Come on, go with me. 
Oh, Dad, we can't do it. We have to go on. Well, maybe next time when you come by, come by a little earlier so you can go with me. Hard to do, isn't it? I've got relatives coming in three months. I need to sweep the kitchen out. My parakeet's sick, and I will not be there tonight. I heard that from an elder's wife in Arkansas. And that parakeet died. I asked her. <laughs> no. <laughs> if any man come to me and hate not his father, mother, wife, children, brethren, sisters, and his own life also, he has a fairly good chance of maybe not being my disciple. You're getting on with me now. You don't know. You cannot be. Well, wait a minute. I don't like that. What difference does it make? He cannot be my... There's no question as to where our Lord stands. It's not wishy-washy. And whosoever doth not bear his cross, not mine, I've got enough to handle, and come after me cannot be my disciple. We're going on through these things. Maybe wise men, if they can't get it, I don't have a shot. Maybe we could just follow wise men. Or, you know, look at 1 Corinthians 1.17. Someone read that if you would, please. So it aloud. 1 Corinthians 1.17. Not with slickness, not with wisdom of words. Ladies, some of you are seated right now to somebody who used wisdom of words on you. Not with slickness and smoothness. Not with wisdom of words, but of what? Read the whole thing. There. It's not of any effect at all if you do it any other way. Oh, this is so simple to read, and it's so simple to preach. Brother Jim, what's the hard part? Oh, application. Oh, it's easy in here. If we could stay in here all week and have some cheese crackers and Pepsi-Colas and little snacks and not ever go outside, we'd be the best Christians. Mm. But at some point, you have to go out there and be the Monday morning Bill or Alice or Jim or Mary. That fellow worships where you do? Well, yeah. He's a deacon. Huh. Oh, I must be seeing the Monday through Friday so-and-so. You see, there's the Saturday night Bert, and then there's the Sunday Bert. It should be the same all the way through. All the way through. You have a popular preacher that's respected all the way, all the way through the brotherhood. He has given so much effort of his own. He was my example in Memphis. As a matter of fact, I hadn't thought of this till a few weeks ago in Dalton, Georgia. The first 
use I made of my degree in music outside of directing and stuff about 35 years before I started Memphis. Jim said, you got a degree in music? I said, yes. And we just finished chapel at 8.30 in the morning. He said, come over here a minute. And he asked me to get this plastic fern, which looked about the cheapest looking thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, it was, oh, okay. And he said, put that fern next to you and talk about singing. And that's the way this started. Because the Episcopalian came out in me a little bit later when I was located where I said, you know what? I could do about a five-part series on singing and sell them. So I did, and they sold. And then, what's his name in Texas? Rudy Kane from World Video Bible School said, Bert, let us do this for you. So I went out there and did it professionally instead of the dumb thing I did. But he started it. So, yes, if anything at all goes wrong, <laughs> well. Oh, Matthew 23, 3 through 10. Matthew 23. Well, let's just start with one. Then spake Jesus to the multitude. That's one group. Matthew 23, verse 1. Spake Jesus to the multitudes. And to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Well, that's a pretty good seat. That's not in there, had it? All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do, but do ye not after their works, for they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers, but all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries. What's a phylactery? Anybody? Yes, sir. Yes. If you ever look at the Discovery Channel or something, you'll see these Jewish men against the wall in Jerusalem. They'll be doing this way, and they'll have a rectangular box full of scriptures, and they'll have broad hems on their garments. That's a phylactery. A phylactery is something that makes you appear to be religious. If we went out to a restaurant today, and we walked in with our books like this, number one, the people would assume that we're either going to have a Bible study lesson there, or you were afraid someone would steal that from the car, which would be the last thing they'd take. But it made you look religious. Have you ever seen anything that makes you appear religious in a phony way? They make broad their phylacteries, like General Motors. And enlarge the border of their garments and love the uppermost rooms at lectureship, uh, feasts and the chief seats in the synagogues and greetings in the market and to be called of man, Rabbi, Rabbi, but be ye not called Rabbi or teacher. For one is your master, even Christ, and all your brethren, and call no man father unless he has a cleric's collar or unless the nun has her habit on. No. Have you ever wondered why they started the pointy hat? And somebody told me one time, oh, you're blaspheming. I said, no, I'm not. The blasphemy comes from that. And the green outfit with a scarf around the neck and the, the vicars and the novitiates and all those things are totally foreign to the Bible. 
it's a show. And the Pope or Papa, the Pope is Jesus' representative on earth. And crowds will remain transfixed as he passes by them in his Pope mobile. Intelligent people. Who got me off on that? Neither be ye called master, for one is your master, even Christ. The last one. Maybe we can use the Mosaic law for our authority because I have heard Jim and I've seen preachers all over the brotherhood quote from the Old Testament. Oh, yes. Someone says, you, you Church of Christ people don't believe in the Old Testament, do you? I said, we sure do. That which was what? Taught a foretime or before time was for our Yes. I'm not in the first grade anymore. I had a good first grade teacher, Miss Hanson, 90 years ago. But I'm not in the first grade anymore. If you read the book of Hebrews during this colder weather, sit down one afternoon, you can read it in an afternoon or two. That tells what we're under, the testament, the covenant we're under. Look at Galatians 5 verse 4. Galatians 5, <clears throat> verse 4. Christ is become of no effect unto you. In other words, you're severed. I know what severed means. In some translations, that's what it has. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law. What law? Please tell me. The Old Testament. Whosoever of you are justified by the Old Testament, by the law, are fallen from grace. Oh. I understood that, and I'm from Gadsden. That's not that hard to understand. You talk about finishing exactly on time. I have one minute left. So what we've talked about this morning is authority. Do we have an authority? Maybe the Muslims have an authority. It's just culturally different. Beheadings and honor killings and female genital mutilation and all that. Maybe it's just culturally different. And maybe, oh, the Catholics have a different culturally. Maybe our Native American friends have a different one for the great spirit in the happy hunting grounds. And maybe the Vikings had one and go to Valhalla and see Odin. Or maybe there's one authority. That just seems impossible, doesn't it? If you would like to go and, I started to say spend, share eternity with the redeemed of all ages, this is not a fairy tale. This is doable. And it's something that every one of us can do and you're taking advantage of it. A lot of people aren't. We've got all the commentaries. We have all the lectureship books. We have all the concordances. We have all the Bibles. We have 
the video series and the television helps. We have all those things, and someone said, well, I would, but I've got to go watch my son play soccer. At some point, it will come back to bite us. And you can remember where you heard it. We have everything that we need. Nobody's going to do those doors shut, I hope. But if you have any questions about anything we've discussed about authority and who the authority is and what his authority is, just see me between now and the start of the morning lesson and come back this evening. This is fun and you will learn how to read music between now and Tuesday and don't say, I've got two sheets of excuses you hadn't heard Edgar saying over there. What did the Lord say to do in the Bible? Sing if you have a voice like Luciano Pavarotti used to have. Sing if you have a voice like uh, Brad Paisley or one of the prop stars of the day. He said, sing. But I don't sound good. He said, sing. I mean just... Break forth, O beauteous heavenly light, and sing. We'll have fun. It, it will fly by. Tomorrow night's next to the last night. So I hope that you'll come and bring people with you. If not, I'll start a rumor about all of you. Thank you very much.